What's going on, people? I would like to welcome all of you to another Q11 edition of the Talk to Q Radio Show. My name is Quincy, and this is my show. And with the Q11s, what I like to do is interview people to expose my audience to new things. I talk to authors, entrepreneurs, entertainers, counselors, other podcasters, and sometimes just your everyday person who just has something to say about a particular topic. So it's an opportunity for you to get to know these people up and close and learn their story. What sparked a passion to choose a certain career or what inspired them to write that book? Or why is this person so opinionated about a particular topic? So just sit back and enjoy the show and please be encouraged to share. A lot of my guests, much like myself, kind of do their thing by word of mouth. So the more that you share, like, or comment on a social media post, then the more you can help me grow the show. And it also gives more support to the people that I bring on the show who are looking to get their services, products, and talents out to the masses. So without further ado, let's get to the interview. What's going on, people? I want to welcome all of you to another Q on One discussion here on the Talk to Q radio show. My name is Quincy, and this is my show. And um, I thank you all for checking out the show, and I really would appreciate you hitting that subscribe button while you're here, okay? My guest is a fitness coach, a life coach, an activist residing in the Golden State of California. Please welcome Miss Krista Janine back to the Talk to Q Radio show. Krista, how's it going? Hey, 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 how are you doing? I'm good. I'm doing well. And glad to, to see you. You know, last year I had you on to talk about how you got started with yoga and, and why you do it. That was an audio podcast. This is our first time seeing each other live. Right. Uh, but over the past few months, I've come to realize that yoga means more to you than just being flexible. I mean, right. it, it, <laughs> it, it's like it, it overflows into so many aspects of your life for you. And, and healing trauma is just one of them. But um, I want to start with the yoga philosophy first. How does yoga allow for people to develop a more positive and freeing mindset? I think the main thing that yoga does for all of us is gives us the space to explore where we are, right? And the more you can explore yourself and explore your beliefs and explore your understanding of how the world works, the more you'll have space to kind of like free your mind from ideologies that you've been taught that don't necessarily align with you or don't necessarily align with the betterment of society as a whole. And I think that's what we're seeing more and more with um, people really diving into yoga philosophy and diving into themselves. And I think anybody who is spiritual on some level will understand that, right? And can explore that within themselves. Um, So I think that's really how it kind of like builds you to to create a space of like freedom of mind because you're really looking at things from a macro level as opposed to like the microcosm you grew up in okay so like when i think of freeing my mind so to speak i I mean that that that's kind of like meditation um is one of the things that comes to mind i mean does that does meditation provide clarity to allow people to think straight i think it does. It just allows you to really understand where you are and what you're thinking. I think for a lot of people in meditation, what they find is that they are, have been having these feelings and thoughts and emotions that have been in their subconscious that they haven't taken time to really like 
evaluate or even acknowledge and it helps you understand like where you are in this space. Um, and I think for a lot of people, they don't take time to really ask themselves, how do I feel? What do I actually think? Like, where am I coming from, you know, in this situation? We don't give ourselves space to do that because we live in a, a society that's like, go, go, go. So you have to have an answer right now. And it's like, that's not how many of us, most of us process things. You know what I mean? And you have mm-hmm. to give yourself that time to process where you are. And that's what meditation really does. It gives you that time to process and focus your thoughts, right? Like I know a lot of people think meditation is just like to completely clear your mind, but no, meditation is really to help you just learn how to focus your thoughts. All right. And, and that makes sense. I, I get that. And, and so when it comes to trauma, uh, well, when it comes to healing trauma, isn't the first thing a person needs to do is identify the origin of the trauma? Absolutely. And with my, so it's so funny because I have my program called Trauma to Triumph. And that's the first step is like figuring out where is this trauma coming from? What are my triggers that are associated to this trauma? And what have I done to either try to heal this trauma or just try to cover this trauma up and to sweep it under the rug? And I think a lot of what I do with people in trauma work is help them identify like, where is this coming from? Like, why do I feel this way? And why am I so attached to my trauma? Cause a lot of people are attached to their trauma, especially if it happened when they were young. It's, it's like almost all they have ever known. So they're so connected to it that they don't know how to let it go or they don't even know how to accept it to let it go. So once you find the origin of the trauma, Um, and that's been identified, then how do you write the narrative going forward with your life? Well, and I think that's the thing is, it's finding it and learning how it has actually benefited you. And I think a lot of people think about trauma and they're like, it's trauma. It's not beneficial. It's like horrible. But the reality is there are a lot of benefits in the trauma and trauma is where you grow. And we talk about growing pains, you know, and we talk about it from like this, you know, very vanilla like aspect of life where it's like, oh, you know, growing pains and it's how you like, you know, grow up and like become an adult. But the reality is like trauma provides us with so many tools to live life. And it provides us with the resiliency we need to get to the next phase of our life. And I also don't think people realize that. It's like, if you're praying for things, if you're asking the universe for things, you know, I don't know how people expect to get there without some type of struggle, right? It's like working out. Yeah. You want to get stronger. There's a point where it's painful before you gain the strength that you want right? Where you're working through it, where you have to provide the trauma in order to gain the strength to then be able to lift the weight you want to lift, right? And it's the same thing with life. You have to have a little bit of trauma to prepare you for what you're asking for. If you don't, then you're not going to be ready for it once you get it. Okay. And you use a good analogy when you mentioned working out. And one of the hardest things for, for myself as far as working out is the backslide. It is so easy to revert back to your old ways. So once someone starts their journey towards healing from trauma, how do they avoid the backslide? Right, and it's giving yourself grace. It's understanding, you know, that this has been a part of your life forever. But what I always encourage people to do is like, just cause you had a bad day, don't turn it into a bad week. Don't turn it into a bad month. You know what? Don't turn it into a bad year. Like we're all allowed to have bad days. We're all allowed to say, 
you know, whether it's in our trauma journey or in our fitness journey, I don't feel like doing this today. We're all allowed that. I had that day yesterday. I didn't work out yesterday. I did not eat healthy yesterday. I hung out at the pool and like kicked it with my kid. And that's all I was interested in doing yesterday. You know what I mean? But today I woke up early. I'm going to work out. I'm going to like do a lot of things for my business, but we have to give ourselves space to like rest, but we can't rest in like that space. Like it's okay to rejuvenate. It's okay to recoup. But then it's like, okay, I had that moment and now I need to move forward because you can get stuck, right? It's easy to get stuck back where you were. And then it's easy to beat yourself up and say, oh, well, I didn't do this and I'm horrible and I don't, you know, deserve X, Y, and Z. And it's like, no, you had a bad day. You had a bad moment. Like, because sometimes it's just a bad moment in your day and it doesn't have to dictate the rest of your day. So I think if you look at it moment by moment, day by day, as opposed to being like, oh my God, I ruined my whole week because I didn't work out today. It's like, what? You got the other six days left. <laughs> like, that was just one. It's okay. <laughs> you know, and I think looking at it like that, as opposed to looking at it from such a, a broad scale, it makes it a little more like palpable for people to really like sit in. Okay. Okay. And, and I won't tell anyone you took yesterday off. That'll just be between I us. I, I, I mean, anybody that follows me on Instagram knows I didn't work out yesterday because I post my workouts every day. So, and I don't care. And I think people need that example. People need to see people who work out a lot and not work out as well. And I think that's something that society doesn't give us often enough mm. is rest days. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's right. like, you don't need to work out seven days a week. You don't. Even if you're a professional athlete, they don't work out seven days a week because their body needs rest to recoup, to play the game. You know what I mean? It's like we need to see more people in this world resting as well as going hard. You have to have balance. And right now, everything is like so off balance in this world. I agree. They just had studies that were released recently about how people are being overworked to death, literally. Uh, yeah, so I completely understand that you have to have time to recover. And so what's the experience been like for you working with others, helping them through things as far as tr- past traumas? What f- fulfillment do you get out of something like that? You know, what? it's so interesting because I've had two clients recently, very different lives, right? Like one of them is an older woman who lives in New Jersey. The other one is like a younger woman who is starting her graduate program in California. And what I find so interesting is that their journeys are very similar in the fact that it, the, what they gain from the program and what we work through is all about self-assurance and like not needing that validation from other people and finding your joy within yourself and being okay with telling people no because you know you need this space for yourself today. And being okay with saying, this doesn't serve me to do this, whether it's like, you know, berating yourself because you didn't do something or focusing on the death of a loved one because they like died when you were younger. It's like, none of this is serving me. And really finding what serves you is such a magical thing in a place of power that I don't think a lot of us sit in, right? It's like, how does this serve me? And if it's not serving me, like, what am I doing here? And helping people, like, see that and get that light bulb, 
I think is the biggest like reward for me as a life coach, because that's something that they will always have. Even if they do have those days where they don't like know it, you always have that in the back of your mind. Once you realize that like I actually dictate how I navigate this world, no matter what else happens, I always get a say on how I react. No matter what else happens, I always get to decide if I want to indulge in this or not. You know what I mean? And that's a very powerful seat to sit in. Um, so I think Absolutely. that's my biggest reward in being a life coach is helping people sit in, in their power and being like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> that's what's up. Like you said, that that is definitely a, a superpower that everyone needs to try to tap into for sure. Yeah. And I mentioned at the beginning um, in the introduction that you're an activist. Yeah. Uh, how does the yoga philosophy intersect with social justice? You know, it's so interesting. And there's a few other people that I follow that have been doing this work for years. Um, but recently for me, I read this book called Skill in Action. Um, and it's all about how yoga philosophy specifically aligns with activists and activism, right? And social justice and fighting for social justice. Because if you look at the eight limb path, the first two are like the yamas and the niyamas. And what they really are is like the yamas are like how we interact with the outside world. And the niyamas are how we interact with our inner world or ourselves. But they're all like non-harming, um, being content, being accepting, like self-discipline, surrendering to your higher power, you know, self-study. And all of these things if you look at them in the gaze of the world, right? Like just from like a world standpoint, if you're living in in alignment with these things, then you are fighting for social justice. You are like trying to strive every day to make your community more equal and more equitable for everybody that exists in it. Like you are understanding that you're a part of the like larger fabric of the world. And if something is going on in Gaza, it impacts you in the US just as much as something that's going on in like South Central LA. You know what I mean? Like for me, it's like, I can't just pick and choose when I wanna stand up and say, this is wrong. It's like, if it's wrong, it's wrong. And you know, human rights issues are wrong across the board, <laughs> no matter whose human rights are being violated, like it's wrong and we don't get to pick and choose and say, okay, well, these are the human rights violations that I want to focus on. And like everything else is like, you guys figure it out. It's like, that's not how it works, you know? And I think even like the greatest like minds of our times and of our history really understood that. Like they understood if I want my freedom and my equality, well, I'm going to have to fight for other people's freedom and equality as well. Cause that's the only way, like it's actually an equitable world, you know? So that's honestly how, and once again, it's like, I use yoga philosophy cause I'm so embedded in it, but you can use Christian faith to do the same thing. You can use Judaism to do the same thing, use Islam to do the same thing, you know, or Buddhism or Hinduism, like any religious like space, any space of spiritual like growth is going to lead you down the same path, which is why you find so many like activists who were like birthed from spiritual spaces, right? Like Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, you know what I mean? Like these were like profoundly spiritual men, but what pushed them toward activism was their spirituality. You know what I mean? And, and no matter how you try to like frame it, that's really what it was. 
because Martin Luther King wasn't just fighting for black people, you know, like right before he was murdered, he was about to go down south and help um, the sharecroppers, the white sharecroppers who weren't being like treated fairly. So it's like when we really look at these individuals from a historical standpoint and actually see the true history, you can see that all of this is, is in alignment, you know, and it's just repeating itself. Like people are just finally seeing it again. Okay. And all of that makes sense. And um, I, I think it's it's great that you've found your place as far as, you know, being able to use your voice and your platform to help bring attention to things that are important in society. And so we'll get ready to wrap things up. But now that the mandates are, you know, starting to lift, you know, some of the things surrounding the pandemic and life is slowly starting to return to the new normal. Right. After COVID, uh, will you still offer your virtual services as far as yoga is concerned? Will you still provide um, those things or will there be an adjustment to your business model? So if I'm in the process of adjusting right now. I'm not going to lie. Um, and this is like straight up from a capitalistic, like bottom line standpoint, trying to figure out what makes the most sense and how I can help people the most. So Currently, my live virtual classes are down, but my on-demand services are still like live and working. I'm in the process of creating my own YouTube channel, which it already exists. I just need to like put, put more videos up on it. But what my hope is, is to create my own app within the next like 12 to 18 months and have people be able to interact with me there, have my own like classes be live there have people, guest teachers come in and teach there because it's just like so daunting and it's a lot physically and mentally to teach six days a week. Um, and quite frank, frankly, like financially, it doesn't make sense. So we're figuring out, you know, how to make it more financially um, beneficial and still help as many people as I can. Because another thing I was running into is because everything outside is opening back up. Not as many people wanted to do the virtual classes. So it's figuring out that happy medium of like, okay, I'm going to offer this service online virtually, kind of like Peloton, where some of the classes will be live, some of them will be pre-recorded, and you can experience them all in this space. So that's that's where we're going. You know, And more workshops and more webinars um, are coming down the pipeline. I'm working on my own teacher training program. So yeah, it's just a lot of that type of stuff. Um, just expanding is what I'm doing probably in the rest of 2021. Okay. Well, we look forward to all of that, um, especially the app. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah. And so let my people know where they can find you. Where can the Q Live crew get a hold to Miss Chris so I am Krista Janine everywhere, guys. I am on Twitter. I am on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Pinterest. I am on um, my website is KristaJaneFit.com. <laughs> so literally anywhere you're looking for me, if you type in Krista Janine, you will find me because that's where I exist in this space. Um, and yeah, and even if you're interested in my Trauma to Triumph program, you can find all that information also at um, Krista Janine Fit. So Come hang out with me. I'm around, guys. I'm a fun time. <laughs> Trauma to triumph. I like that. I like that. Yeah. I mean, and it's it's interesting because a lot of people don't understand how much your trauma plays into your triumph and your trauma plays into who you become if you allow it to, right? 
if you allow your trauma to really push you forward and use that that heartache to become your fuel to be better, look at look at LeBron James, look at Dwayne Wade. You know what I mean? It's like you can use the trauma of your past to become a great person. <laughs> you absolutely can. And not just for yourself, but for your community and for your family as well. That's what's up. All right, well, well Krista, I, I truly appreciate you coming back onto the show and sharing your wisdom with us. And um, I wish you the best, and I hope that we can do this again someday. Thank you. Yeah, anytime. Let me know. I'm around. I'm around. <laughs> All right. Well, I want to thank everyone for watching the show. Go to talktheq.com, and I'll see you next time. All right.